0: Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Chad Grills. This is The Mission Daily, your number one source for accelerated learning. We've been talking about a lot of exciting topics and they've been pretty daunting to say the least. So these are things that are not for the faint of heart. And in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the truths and the lies that hold people back. And there's a really good reason that we're talking about this. And that reason is when you tend to get presented with a bunch of new things or considering ideas that you already knew about, but maybe you weren't taking action on, Uh, it can be overwhelming. So there are some real things that are stopping us. There's some uh, imaginary things that might stop us. And this episode is basically about giving you some strategies to overcome the uh, self-talk and, quite frankly, some of the things that other people might say when you start to really get proactive with accelerated learning. It's a long introduction.
1: That was a long intro. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Stephanie Postles, COO of The Mission. And I'm excited to jump into this. Should we get into the first lie?
0: Yeah. So this is a great example of uh, kind of what we're talking about here. And this is something that it doesn't really matter who we are or how successful we are or how much experience we have in the industry. This thought can really sneak in.
1: Okay, so the first lie is I'm too late or it's too late and all the good opportunities have been taken.
0: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of variants of this that keep emerging Uh, anytime whether it's like a technological wave or a a big trend that's happening or an opportunity in business or maybe at your workplace, there's a uh, specific initiative that the team is focusing on where now is the time, it's a window of opportunity, the window's closing. And this is a narrative that gets thrown around a lot and it's easy to succumb to, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that everything's already happened. But in reality, there's always the next wave coming. There's always the next, uh, there's a Warren Buffett quote where he says that, there's, yeah, business opportunities are like a bus. The next one's always coming. That's not Warren Buffett. That's like Richard Branson or something. That's okay. It's yeah. someone great. The The point is that there's always something new coming. And often by riding a wave that either crashes or, you know, taking advantage of a trend that uh, ends up fizzling out, you can be better positioned for the next one. So there's really never any downside in You know, getting out there, taking the risks, and uh, not worrying about if you're late, early, or whatever the case is.
1: Yep, yeah, and I really like uh, Kevin Kelly had an article that actually you forwarded me. Um, So Kevin Kelly, for anyone who doesn't know, he's the author and founding executive editor of Wired, and he also has some books out there, and um, yeah, just a great person to follow all around. But he has a really good quote that highlights this topic in general. It says, "But here's the thing: in terms of the internet, nothing has happened yet. The internet is still at the beginning of its beginning. It is only becoming." If we could climb into a time machine, journey 30 years into the future, and from that vantage point look back to today, we'd realize that most of the greatest products running the lives of citizens in 2050 were not invented until after 2016. People in the future will look at their holodecks and wearable virtual reality contact lenses and downloadable avatars and AI interfaces and say, oh, you really didn't have the internet, or whatever they'll call it back then. I love that quote from him, and it just really makes you think like, Nothing has happened yet. Anyone can jump in right now. And yeah, there's a lot more to do.
0: Definitely. And it's like there's a very good reason why Jeff Bezos in the lobby of Amazon has uh, it's day one. He has a quote about that and he always repeats that mantra that it's always day one. And it's uh, ultimately your mindset that's going to determine if you capitalize on opportunities or uh, how much you really explore. So that's the first recurring lie that I think a lot of people in- encounter. And you know, with certain things, everything that we're presenting here is kind of like on a scale. Sometimes it might be true. Sometimes it might be false for you at at times it it varies, but it's important just to think about these things a little bit more deeply.
1: agree. And so we should, we jump into a couple more lies. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So let's see. I don't need money, partners, co-founders, et cetera, to build something that lasts. Yeah. Is that a lie?
0: So I think that um, there are many things that we can do on our own, but Ultimately, if we really want to make anything that lasts or has a good chance of lasting, the reality is that it takes a, a, t- a team. It takes a you know a village to raise a child, like whatever we know that. At the we have a great team. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and it's uh, something that can't really be uh, overstated because it's really, really tempting to, um, especially early on in life when we don't often have a lot of uh, control or agency, or sometimes we haven't really been prepared to succeed in the real world. Um, you know, all of us have been through the education system. And in a lot of ways, it's very broken. And that can kind of like lead us to feeling like, okay, I just want a break from everything. I just want to, you know, get get out on my own, explore my own ideas. And, and that can be great. Um, but oftentimes it's only when we come back to the group or try to build, do the best we can to build our own tribe, our, uh, you know, the family of our choosing type thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that you're going to need a team.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also just really hard to do something by yourself. I mean, in the early days of, you know, building up what now is the mission you were on your own. I mean, it was just me and you hanging out, trying to figure it out. And those were, I think the hardest days because, you know, sometimes I know that you felt like quitting and you were like, yeah, basically pretty lonely. And now that we have a team, it's like a whole different thing. So I think it's just important to make sure you build up people that you can talk to with and build your idea with.
0: Definitely. I think that what is really, really tempting is to just, you know, partner with uh, anyone at first. and it's it's really, really hard to wait things out, uh, be patient, play the long game of trying to only find uh, friends to work with. So that's another uh, lie where you know a cliche is like you don't want to work with friends, you don't want to work with family on business things or anything that are uh, <laughs> you can measure and manage with some uh, with some numbers behind them. And um, that there's some truth in it, but it also can be a lie. Depends uh, on honestly. your friends and family. Yeah, it, it depends who they are. And it's, um, it's ultimately something that you're not going to know until you test. Like it might be true for you. It might be not true, but you're not going to know until you get more more data about it. So, I agree.
1: All right. On to the next lie. I need to do everything online or have an online brand or basically have my business online.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it, the second you put something online, you're going to be able to compare it to something that looks far better. So it's very, very hard with, a, you know, it's basically you're going to need hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the your brand, your design, everything up to the place where you're going to be able to be competitive online. And that can feel very like, I mean, that that's completely debilitating thinking about things that way. And here is the opportunity to do things offline. So most business gurus or anyone who wants to give advice or anything like that will say, You got to have an online presence. You have to have something there. You have to be doing like having a website or email list or anything like that. And I think the real work always gets built and happens offline. It happens in the real world connections. And there are uh, many examples of where your network is your net worth type thing. Uh, You'll see that playing out just again and again. It's ultimately about what type of real world relationships can you make, build, sustain? How authentic are they and how much time has elapsed on them? So the more history you have with someone, the more easy, it's really going to be to collaborate together. And those relationships happen offline. They're going to take months, sometimes years, but the earliest time to get started with them is today.
1: Yep. So basically do things IRL. (laughs) I'm so cool. Okay. Next one. IRL is always a good policy. I know. Um, Wealth will ruin me because it ruins so-and-so.
0: Yeah. So this is, this is really tempting for, uh, we all, you know, have examples and, you know, have seen examples of people who wealth kind of like revealed who they were. And that's what money tends to do. It's uh, the type of people who are best suited to wield wealth and manage it and control it and not be destroyed by it are the same types of people that are worried about it. So this is a, uh, it might be a lie, but it's actually, it's a great sign that you are perfectly suited to handling wealth if you're a bit worried. If you're not a bit nervous by what unlimited, not unlimited, but uh, much broader scope of resources might do to you, then you might not, yeah, be a good fit for them. Yeah. Um, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think also I've heard a lot of times like what you did beforehand will also directly correlate with what you do afterwards when you have wealth. So if before when you weren't having that much and you were you know, already spending more than you made and you were basically doing all these, had all these bad habits. I mean, when you get money, you're going to continue those bad habits. Whereas if you're in the right mindset beforehand, you're going to be okay afterwards. And I think a lot of times people paint wealth in like a negative light when really they need to look at like the greatest things that are happening around the world, the greatest like philanthropic efforts and things like that are all because people made a lot of money and are doing things with it to change the world. Definitely. All right. So the next one, I need to be in some certain physical location to make whatever I'm doing work. So a lot of people say that when they hear like we're in Silicon Valley, they're like, well, it's working for you guys because you're in the valley. I'm in, you know, Florida and it's just not the same.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's all about you know what type of industry are you in? What type of business are you in? Uh, maybe Florida is perfect for it. Maybe the Valley is great for it. Uh, that's up to you to decide. But it's something if, um, just like you mentioned with wealth, it's all about the habits you have now. So if you have certain habits and you m- maybe are in the wrong area, those habits and developing them in the wrong area might I mean, literally might develop your your muscles, your skills, your persistence and everything so that when you do get to the right area, you're going to be able to succeed at a much larger level. So no matter where you're at, just focus on the fundamentals, the habits of things. Don't worry too much about the location. That can be changed later, but it's the habits, it's the fundamentals that are going to carry with you no matter where you go.
1: Agree. All right. And the last lie, I need some formal type of education. I know I already know how you feel about this, but you can tell all of our listeners.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This is something where you can always find an example of someone who has succeeded with traditional education and someone who has succeeded by breaking out of the mold and doing something new. And it's You know, it's not something you really need and it's not something that you don't want to have any type of formalized training with either. So that's, um, people can be looking for an Ivy League degree or some type of credential and credentials can be really helpful. They can be a great way to instantly communicate to someone what your skill level is, Uh, but they can also be a, uh, a trap where you think that you always need the next credential and the next credential. So it's something that each person has to strike their own balance with, but the more you can explore that and try to find where that balance is for you and what type of formalized training do you actually need versus what would be nice to have, the more power you'll have.
1: Yep. And I always think of um when people tell me that, I always tell them my example with, you know, getting hired at Google, how when the recruiters were reaching out, they did not care about what my work history was, even what my degree was. They just looked at all the stuff you and I had done, you know, over the years. They were like, oh, tell me about like, you know, this uh publication you guys started. Tell me about this book that you uh helped write. Tell me, you know, they went through all basically the side projects that you and I had worked on. And that's what they cared about. So I think sometimes just doing those like in real life projects, like on the side, even if you're already working somewhere, that's what's going to attract some of the best companies and the best people to take interest in what you're doing.
0: Yeah, any examples of what you do with your free time is something that you know nobody can argue with. If you have tangible things that you can cite as, I did this and that, I made this and I helped make this, man, that's uh, something you can take on anywhere. It's a credential that is, um, you can communicate it almost effortlessly. So yeah,
1: and it makes it way more fun. So maybe we should save the truth for... next episode to the truths that are holding people back.
0: Yeah. And that'll be perfect when we uh, start talking about how to gather intel uh, a little bit more. So that's today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow.
1: See ya.